On this episode of Comic Book Boom Boom, we're back, and we're talking Toy Fair, Mezco, and Super Sons and Wildstorm. show that you throw in the car take it for a long drive across town and dump it off to a ditch hoping you never see it again only a few months later it comes back i am your host joe jacobs with me is the big man himself keevan travers <laughs> you guys gotta stop calling me that it was one mistake at uh pokemon regionals man hey you went to regionals and they spelled your name wrong that's and they spelled my first name wrong like that's like the first time in like my entire life is there even another way to spell Kevin? Well, did they like, accidentally, like, did your mom call at some point? She said your name and that's what it sounded like. So they thought maybe that's what it was. <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing that, that that could fall to it. But yeah, that's the first time in all of my life that my first name's ever been messed up. It's normally my last name, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Keevan Travers. Well, I think it's going to stick. So, anywho, <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been gone for a while, and, and we apologize, but, man, all kinds of things happened. I moved to the city, and uh, it's, you know, it's been weird, and the setup's been weird, but uh, Kevin had all kinds of stuff going on. He's got himself a new store. Uh, it's not a new store, but you're new to the store because you're managing the thing. Yeah, I got, uh, what, promoted back in December? Yeah. Something like that. December, January. What? Yeah. Big boss man. Owner. Owner came to the Sugarland store and uh, took me to the back without me knowing anything and uh, did the whole close the door meeting thing, which scared the hell out of me because <laughs> anytime that happens, you kind of uh, recollect everything you've ever done wrong. Like, oh, man, I left the toilet seat up. Uh, did I file those books? And you're just like, oh, which which one of these is going to uh, be my uh, elimination? from uh, bedrock city dude if you got fired from leaving the toilet seat up there's there's issues i mean <laughs> that's true but i am no longer there i'm actually closer to home now saving tons of money to buy uh more toys with and sad thing is is like my drive is so short now like i don't even get to listen to like one eighth of a podcast <laughs> right so he won't even listen to this so it, if it sounds like crap he won't know no uh, yeah. So what else, dude? You got to go to Toy Fair. Is this your first time going to Toy Fair? Yeah. First ever uh, time going to Toy Fair. Uh, I think I got uh, asked to go last February. So a little bit over a little, about a year ago. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was not going to turn that down. Uh, okay. 100% for sure. I wanted to go. But it is uh, not what you would think it is. If you know, if you have the mindset of ever going for one, you have to kind of be in the industry to go. Because as I was uh, it's sitting in the hotel room. Thing. Yeah, it's kind of like E3, but now apparently E3 is open to everybody. You don't have to be on the inside of working with video games to be really? able to go there. So that's pretty cool. But you can go to Toy Fair. Like, Joe, you could go to Toy Fair if you want, even though you don't work for Bedrock or anything like that. But the cost of a ticket is seventeen twenty-five, <laughs> Not $17.25, $1,725, just for, uh, what is it, six days? Good God. So, yeah. And you were only there for, what, three? Uh, yeah, three. I mean, uh, uh, when you're when you're there and you know what you're doing, you you know, your your time is managed really well and you get to meet a bunch of people like uh, today. I, I finally sent that email to Mezco talking to them about uh, getting into their review program 
and, you know, getting to get things a little bit early and, and at somewhat of a discount and, you know, get to have a lot more cool Mezco toys. And I know you're getting into those too. Well, we're going to talk about Mezco. That, that's a good segue, but we're actually going to segue into that later because that's a whole uh, other can of worms we're going to get into. But so Toy Fair, for those that don't know, like you just said, is kind of an industry thing. Obviously, I can go if I have a crap ton of money, which I don't, and I'll just let you go and send me pictures. And But it, it what, it's set in New York. Is it always in New York? I believe so, yeah. Okay. But this helps you get cooler stuff in the stores, right? You get you actually get to meet the people from those companies, correct? Yeah. I mean, we got to meet a lot of the people who we already have accounts with and all that stuff, which is cool because we kind of get an inside look at what's coming out through 2017. But like my whole mission going there too was to actually find new people to to new distributors and all that. So like I could carry completely different things and we found a couple but like we don't just kind of stick to just toy fair like this isn't the end all be all in hopes of finding things because we're always on the hunt for things throughout the year like i know james and i are always mentioning to the the gm and that like ways to get imports in quicker than like you know some of our distributors and all that and get them ahead of our competition which gives us you know a leg up with there being so many comic stores and bookstores and all that stuff. So that's kind of like the the thing you go there to do. And then you kind of get to go and, uh, you know, place your orders on a bunch of things. And it, it's, it's a lot of, uh, it's a big numbers game while you're out there. Cause like the, the, the crazy thing about it is like when I walked in, they were like, no one under the age of 18 can be here. And I'm kind of like, well, that's kind of weird. But then like, what, 25 minutes into the show, I'm like, I understand why you can't, you have to be 18 or older to be in here because like I wanted to touch everything and I'm allowed to touch it, but they trust me uh, to touch stuff because if like kids were there, holy crap, who knows what it would be like in there. But they also have the thing set up to where it looks like you could buy stuff. And quite a few times I'm like, damn, like, can I buy this figure? Like, it's awesome. Like, I've been looking for this everywhere. But like the setup they have is just to kind of show you how you could sell it in your store. Right. Just ideas for that kind of stuff. But here's the issue you just mentioned. You know, they trust you because you're in the industry. You, you're you not going to, you know, ham fist everything. But if you start letting people like me, us mooks that just walk around and, you know, Duh, everything's great. Trust me, I do. I'm going to break stuff, man. So I don't know if like letting everyone in is the smartest thing. Well, yeah, I guess that's why they got that $1,700 price tag on a ticket. (laughs) So at least if you break something, it could be replaced. Yeah, that's true. I guess. Yeah, I'm not coming Toy Fair. Don't worry. All right. Well, let's let's move in that. So you had fun there. You you know, you probably worked out some deals. The the Mezco thing. um, This is interesting to me because (laughs) Kevin does toy reviews for bedrock and and it's a little video thing you can actually go if if anyone's in houston or or not houston because they have a website you can order from go to youtube it's the toy box correct well it's it's on uh it's on bedrock city broadcast okay so bedrock city broadcast it's the toy box you'll see kevin there and and he's doing toy reviews so i don't know how long back it was i think it was actually last spring or maybe summer you guys reviewed judge dread Mm -hmm. and i had no idea i don't know maybe i wasn't paying attention you know, I, I, I don't know, maybe I was sitting on the pot. I, I don't know. But I didn't realize that it was a Mezco toy. You said it. I didn't listen. But I, I thought he looked cool. So, and I left it at that. I never said anything else. So, fast forward to now, or actually a few weeks ago, and Kevin's like shooting pictures off. And I'm like, what is all this crap? These look amazing. And they were Mezco toys. So, explain... A little, I'll explain a little bit, but you can probably go a little more in depth. They're 
pretty detailed toys, but their clothes are like actually fabric or leather or whatever. And um, I've never actually held one in my hand. So I'm going to let Kevin kind of take over. But, you know, what's with the 112 line that they have? No, no, one one twelfth scale. Okay. And um the whole the whole thing with it is just the fact that it's kind of an in between, like a gray area with in between your Marvel Legends and your DC Universe toys and right before your hot toys, you know? So you kinda get that uh you get to feel like a collector without having to dish out hundreds of dollars to to amass a collection of something that's that's worth that type of money. Because uh with your hot toys and stuff like that, you're you're putting out anywhere from hundred and eighty nine plus. Uh, for that, and it comes with, you know, four sets of hands and all kinds of accessories, but they really just kind of sit on your shelf because they're kind of posable statues. But with the 112 scale Mezco toys, they're they're two scale with your your Marvel Legends and your DC universes. And, you know, you get all the fun stuff that you get with the hot toys. Yeah, it's that's that's pretty much it. They're they're like mid-level hot toys. And I like that because what the price points like 80 ish. Yeah. So, and I'm sure it goes up and down for, for things. I think James had mentioned that, that Batfleck was uh, 99, but you know, your, your distributor is going to kind of dictate how you're going to sell that, but you can go to Mezco's site. They look really good. And like Kevin said, I'm, I'm kind of getting into it. I'm not sure which I want my first figure to be. I kind of wanted it to be uh, the BVS Batman, but I don't know if I want to shell for my first toy, uh, you know, a hundred dollars for my first Mezco. So, you know, Green Arrow looks really good too, but oddly enough, and I haven't even seen the damn movie yet, Doctor Strange looks really cool. Yeah, that Doctor Strange one, is, I'm, I'm extremely excited for him solely on the fact that we get a cloth cape with wires in it. I think that is just spectacular. Yeah, you wouldn't know it by the pictures that I saw anyway. So <laughs> stuff like that. I'm not going to go buck wild. I'm going to be very picky. Uh, unlike James, I think James buys everyone that comes out. Uh, I believe so. Fairly certain. So I, I, you know, I don't have the room. I live in a shoebox. There's no way. Oh yeah, totally. That's, I mean, that's why I'm a little picky with it too, just because the sheer fact that like I'm, I'm kind of invested in figure arts and I jump around from, you know, license to license, but, uh, yeah, I'm just waiting for a couple more of the Mezcos to come out and they're just going to be totally awesome. What's the next thing coming out? Uh, Joker's coming out. Reverse Flash is coming out. Um, but like, like soon? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, quite soon, I believe. Uh, I thought the Joker was released for the, because um, it says winter 2017. Uh-huh. So I, I well, I, I, we're in winter. We're not in winter. I guess. I, I don't know if they mean like early 2017 or late 2017, because uh, January is still winter, but December is also winter. So it's one of those things. But uh, I, I don't know, man. It just seems like every month we're getting like uh, two to three. So, I mean, they're doing a good job at distributing it. And uh, here's the thing, though. I got a question. Yeah. From consumer to retailer. And this this happened today. I don't know if you want to talk about it, but the, the whole Punisher debacle, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I'm kind of with James. It's kind of not fair for like, you know, guys like me that uh, first off, for a guy that bird dogs that stuff, James didn't even know that it was pre-ordered. Yeah. How would a guy like me figure this out? I mean, if a guy like James can't figure it out or, or miss the gun and the fact that uh, there was no cap on, on how to, you know, how many you could buy, it, it doesn't make sense to me. So is there any is there any logic to this? Yes and no, um, because like for you, you're kind of like at the beginner level of this type of collecting and all that. So like you're just getting into it. 
So everything seems whimsical and amazing and stuff like that. <laughs> but like James and I, we've been doing this for a while. So we, we know what's coming out and when. But then the 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 classic Punisher that has that sniper rifle and all that stuff that yeah. came out this morning. And there was only 400 of them made. Just like flew under the radar. Now there's even a level above uh, James and I where it's like that's the type of people that do the reviews and all that stuff and talk to the Mezco people regularly and 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 they know when things like that are coming out. But I mean that whole non-capping how many you could buy that was utter crap right there, man. Because right there that's just opening up for the scalpers market. And you know in previous episodes from last year. You know how much I don't like the scalping game and all that stuff. So I'm sure what I'm sure we could go on eBay right now, but I'm just not going to or tomorrow and just, you know, type in the Mezco classic Punisher. And I'm sure that thing's going to fetch four, five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars. Dude, that's and that's nuts. See, and that screws the little guy like me and it screws you guys as as avid collectors. So it just surprised me, you know, and uh, I don't think Figure Arts does that, do they? They cap their numbers, right? Um, some of the places do like when I go and shop at AmiAmi, like I told you guys this morning from last night, I had a low blood sugar in the middle of the night. And when I came to, <laughs> I realized it was two in the morning, meaning that it was about four o'clock in Japan over there was it's when they normally kind of release their pre-order stuff. Right. And, uh, I hopped on and the, uh, the first appearance of Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z was on there. So I placed my order for one of them. But it gives me a limit of three if I wanted to order them. Okay. But, but, but that makes sense. You know? Yeah. No, no, that that's totally understandable because like like if if I was a scalper or if I was like selling them for the store or something like that, like if there was only, you know, two people in all of Bedrock that like Dragon Ball Z <laughs> among like the hundreds of customers that we get, then yeah, totally understandable. I could grab two more, get them to pay me back for cost, maybe ten percent more just to put a little in my pocket to put towards another one and be on with my way. But with the way that that, you know, Punisher is happening. I'm sure somebody out there bought 20 or 40 of them or something like that. Just to, you know, throw up on eBay and boom, there you've got your car payment, your rent, your mortgage payment, probably a couple credit cards, probably just paid off their student loans. Oh, thanks, Mezco. Yeah. Ugh. Well, anyway, I, that's dumb. It's dumb. Or at least make more than 400. Good God. So, anywho, I just had to talk about that because, you know, as a, as a guy that's getting into it, and actually I wanted to do, uh, I think you saw in the messenger, I was like, I, I want to do like a Daredevil Punisher thing, and now I can't. You still can, yeah. It's just you're not going to get that Punisher. Right. Well, I don't know how many Mezco Punishers there are. Well, at this point, three. Oh. Well, they're all sold out, though. No, they're not. All right, then. Okay. <laughs> See? avid toy collector going silverback on on a nobody <laughs> so man i just i was just thinking like your your comparison to hot toys for mezco you can actually buy more mezco than you could hot toys yeah you could essentially get about three mezcos per hot toy i mean that's why i kind of that's insanity stopped collecting hot toys and sold off my collection and you've seen I, i've amassed what over a hundred sh figure arts and, oh, yeah. you know, I probably put in another 20 in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, because they're I mean, they're awesome and you can amass them quickly. So, you know, I've you've even got me into the riders because they don't release Ultraman very often. Yeah, that's true. Moving on. I kind of want to uh, talk about the two books that we read because we actually read comics, guys. Just we really did. I promise. Dude, I've read I've read a bunch of comics since we haven't been recording. I, I fell off the wagon for a little bit. I was keeping up on some stuff. Um, well, but, I'm, I'm just uh, right now is like a wonderful time to be a DC fanboy. I'm sorry. Oh, like yeah. Marvel, 
Um, I'm not buying very many DC rebirths or any DC books really because you know I can read them at the store. Right. And I've kind of I'm, I've moved on to that next plateau of collecting of just waiting on the trades. Yes. Um, funny thing though is like every week whenever a new rebirth title comes out, like this week, uh, Titans Rebirth came out, and I remember I read the first two, and then I just got caught up in something else. But it's something I really want to read, so I put one aside this morning. And I was like, I'm going to get this. Da, 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 da. We had two copies on the stands and I went through the day and then like five o'clock rolled around. And one of our regular customers at the 1960 store was like, uh, do you guys have the Titans Rebirth? And I like, you know, slumped to my shoulders, walked over to my pile, <laughs> pulled mine out and gave it to him because I mean, I'm going to get more. Yeah. But it's like I'm off on Thursdays and all that stuff. Right. And sometimes just sitting down and, uh, you know. Cracking out a trade. a trade and just going through, you know, five, six issues and being done and then just waiting for it is the thing to do. But, uh, yeah, dude, I've been keeping up with so much of the Rebirth stuff. Not so much Marvel. Um, hey, I got, got movie money. I got a, like, exactly like you said. I got a beef with them because and I've been calling this for a few years now. I'm like at some point, they're just going to stop caring about the books, period. And they're just going to release stuff to release it and hope you buy it. But. All they really want you to do is come see their movies. Not saying their movies are bad. Their movies are amazing. But give us comic readers a little something. There's nothing, dude. I, although I've, um, I think we're going to maybe challenge each other to read a, a Daredevil trade, the new Daredevil. But that's about it. And, and that's not even that interesting. I'm just wanting to read something mildly interesting from Marvel. But you are absolutely right. DC's kicking their butts. And what about sales? Was it January, dude, where they weren't even in the top 10? Uh, I think it was November, December, and January, man. Good God. You don't have one book in the top 10. They were all DC and Image, right? Yeah, I think the last time they had something in the top 10 was whenever C Civil War? Secret? Civil War. Yeah, when Civil War Two ended, that was one of their top 10. The other nine spots were all DC books. That's insanity. That's insanity. So if you're a Marvel fan, I don't know. Are you a Marvel fan just because you're a Marvel fan? You know, you're just dedicated to, to the to the brand because hey, well, I, yeah i mean god's honest truth dude at, at my store like we've been slowly lowering our numbers on all the marvel stuff just because you know people have just been realizing you know it's it's just crap and it's been a, a, a culmination of things like a lot of their books are four bucks so 3.99 and all that stuff which is a little crazy because you're buying two DC books a month at two ninety nine, which is six bucks altogether. Right. But you're getting a lot more content for that six bucks, unlike your Marvel books. And they're taking away the digital code and replacing it with another digital code. But for like all the month of March, everybody's going to get Old Man Logan number three and all that stuff, which is like if I was reading it, I already have it. I kind of like having a digital copy of the book that I just bought so, you know, people could read it on the go. Right. Instead of getting 21 copies of Old Man Logan number three and – you know, and then all of a sudden now, like things like Captain America, Steve Rogers are going to be releasing twice a month at eight, eight bucks. Like, yeah, I get it. Copy your competition because they're knocking you guys, you know, out of the park. But like lower the price. Do better. <laughs> yeah. Lower the price. Give us better content. Uh, I, I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> That's it. Just give us better content. So, I, you know, I'd be happy to see if anyone can jump on in the comments and try and defend that because I haven't read one title yet that even remotely is interesting. The Inhuman stuff was good, but now it's not. So a lot of it was good, and now it's not. So like you said, Civil War ended, Civil War II, which I didn't even care for, but the, the stuff leading up to it was really good. After that, nothing. And, and, and Rebirth has been a knockout since they started. 
and I may have, you know, dropped off a little bit. And uh, I think I'm like, Kev, you know, I, I, I can't just pick up everything. It's not on the shelves there. But, you know, getting the trades and stuff like that, definitely going to keep doing. And they're just releasing really, really good stuff. Which brings me uh, to the two books we're going to read or we were reading. And uh, that's Super Suns number one and Wildstorm number one, which we're going to talk about Wildstorm in a bit. But let's talk Super Suns. So that came out, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Okay. So two weeks ago, we see John, Kent, and Damien basically teaming up. And, and the, the way the book opens up, you know, is is kind of classic. What's happening now? And then we go back a few days and then we go forward and, and all that stuff. What did you think overall of the book? I liked it. I'll get into it after you describe it. Well, the the whole thing I'm coming off of for this book is that I've been loving Superman from the the get go of Rebirth. It's just one of my favorite books. Uh, I I I make sure every Wednesday that it comes out. That's one of the first things I read. Um, they're doing a really cool crossover event with Action Comics right now. So it's a self contained Superman book. Which if you're not reading both of them, it's okay because you can either pick up one or the other, and you're not going to miss too much. But it's not encroaching in like Batman or Justice League and all that stuff. So. That's one of the things I'm really enjoying. But one of the main characters in the Superman book is John Kent himself. So wherever he goes, I'm going to follow. And, you know, Super Sons has been talked about since, what, our episode back in May when we were talking about all the Rebirth titles after I went to the DC Roadshow. Yeah, you were flipping out about that. Dude, it's it's one of the coolest books ever. It was supposed to uh, be with the initial launch, and then it was supposed to come out in September. And then finally they said February, and it actually came out. And, man, I, I, I I'm kind of bummed that it's only going to be once a month right now because it's a good book but it just it opens up with a bang action's already going on we don't know who or what's been chasing them we don't know where they are or anything like that and it just kind of does that for a little bit and then starts with some flashbacks with uh damien kind of you know it seems like he's trying to be a hard ass with john but I get the impression like he's bored and maybe just wants a friend. Yeah. But does it but doesn't want to ask for it. And so like Well yeah, he's being typical like D bag Damien. Yeah. Well, I like Damien, so No, me too. I like Damien, but I'm also a D bag. So I guess <laughs> we relate in that aspect. But yeah, I that's what I'm getting from it too. You know, I, I I think he's trying to be like, Oh, come on, be a superhero. Don't be, you know, don't be a wuss, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But underlying absolutely, he's bored and, and he's lonely. So, and he's getting a lot of flack from uh, good old dad. Yeah. Um, he was supposed to do his, uh, what his homework assignments and he didn't do it. So he didn't get to go out on patrol. Yeah. Way to go. But it's, it's just like one of those cool things because, uh, back with issue 10, uh, 10, 11 and 12 of Superman, it had the first meeting of the super sons, which was awesome. And I, that was just kind of a taste of what super sons was going to be. Right. And it's just, gosh, if you're, um, if you're not reading Superman, and this is coming from somebody who never liked Superman books before Rebirth happened. You're, you're missing out. It's one of the, the top books. It's what Batman was to the New 52, Superman is to Rebirth. And wow. Super Sons is to is the same thing. And, I mean, it's just the, the dynamic that they, they, they've given with John and everybody he interacts with is just fantastic. Well, not to mention it's fun. Yeah. Like Superman, I think is just a, it, it's just good writing. It's just a good, well-balanced book, like action, content, dialogue, all that stuff. Whereas at least from the first book that I'm getting, there's only one out right now, that Super Sons is going to be, you know, a fun adventure. 
but it's not like hokey fun. Yeah, that's pretty accurate on it. And I, I mean, I, I like the the learning curve that's a part of the book because John Kent is kind of learning to be the superhero that his dad is. And there's just all these things to it. And and Damien and John, I think, are, are, are very close in age. But the fact of like Damien's upbringing gives them like quite a bit more maturity than what John Kent has. Well, in, in a sense, I mean, because John actually has more morals and... I think he's struggling with that right now, especially, you know, well, so he's kind of going through what a young Clark did, you know, whenever they did flashbacks of Clark Kent when he was a kid, struggling with the use your powers, be a superhero versus be just being a good person and holding that back until the time's right. And Damien's on, you know, obviously the the loose cannon. So uh, lethal weapon kind of format. But I mean, right now we only have one book out, so that we'll see how it goes. But it's uh, it's the same writer as Superman. So I'm... Uh, Dude, and that artwork. Yeah, the, that artist is, is really, really good. So I don't remember who it is. I don't either, but it's not a, it's not a Patrick Gleason, so... No. I know that because I thought at first I was going to kind of be a little bit bummed. Right. But after reading it, I was actually extremely excited. It doesn't matter who the artist is. It's good. And well, I mean, it matters to some people. It doesn't matter to me uh, as long as it's good. So just pick up the book and give it a shot if you want a fun read. I think it's it's a solid book. I think and, and this is coming from if anyone's been listening to the previous episodes, I've been not excited for this book. Like James and Kevin were like, oh, it's going to be the best. And I'm just like, eh, it's fine. But at the same time, you know, not a Superman fan and that stuff's really good too. So I haven't been keeping up with it like Kevin has, but I plan on getting the trades. And from what I've read so far, I think I was like four or five issues in. So maybe I have pretty much read the first trade. It was really, really good. So pick it up, Super Sons and Superman. And the first trade's already out, right? Yeah, Superman, uh, first trade's already out. Um, It sells like wildfire. Um, You just kind of mentioned to somebody and they they're just like they're they're set with it they 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 it sounds cool it's easy to describe and with this crossover that's kind of happening right now with action and superman i've had to go back and pick up the action book and that one never had a rebirth uh relaunch title right it just kind of jumped into the 937 or 957 i don't remember yeah the old numbering yeah um because they're gonna encroach on that that 1000 episode or episode issue and that's gonna be a big deal to them but the fact that like I've gone back and read the uh, action comic stuff, dude, it's really, really good. And this this new crossover that's happening that just came out this week with uh, Superman 18. So if you've read action comics, it starts off where New 52 Superman's died. Lex Luthor's taken over as Superman. Uh, Pre-52 Superman is saying no way to that. Shows up, fights Lex Luthor for a minute. Uh, Jimmy Olsen calls Perry White, says send down a reporter. A reporter shows up and it's Clark Kent. And so there's all this upside down mix up that's going on. Right. And uh, this current crossover that's going on is going to explain who this Clark Kent is, because this Clark Kent isn't a Superman. It's just Clark Kent. And uh, I read it today and does not disappoint. So you read the trade. Uh, no, I read the, the first issue oh, okay. of the crossover. I have the trade with me right now. And I've been reading it, but uh, it's just really, really good. Like, it's all really solid reading. Excellent. Well, I guess, you know, we're all going to have to be sold on Superman and Action Comics for a little while. So and that's a great way for people to pick up another book, too. Uh, I know the crossover things kind of played out as far as how Marvel works it, but Marvel does massive crossovers. 
Well, yeah, they make you feel like everything ties into the book when in fact that it doesn't. But DC is doing it on such a small scale where like it's it's action. It's, it's Superman action, Superman action. And then I think the story is done. I can't remember if it's four or six parts. But the fact that where uh, it's it's self-contained and we don't have to really go spend that much to get the whole story. Same thing with the upcoming button story with Batman and, and Flash. That's going to be cool, too. And that's only going to be about six issues. Right. So you get these little these little snippets and then it's done. So even if you don't want to continue reading the other title that you normally don't read, maybe you will want to pick that up or maybe that's a new character you're going to get into. So these little tiny crossover things I'm digging and it's very old school. And I, I kind of like uh, being an old man. I like this old school stuff that DC's thrown out. You know, the throwback label, the, the way they're writing the stories, you know, just short little stints. And that's actually what I like about Blue Beetle right now is you've got that ongoing arc. A lot of people aren't liking Blue Beetle right now, by the way. It's not the best book in the DC run, but it's holding its own, I think, because it has like every issue has, you know, a one-off villain and it's a one-off story. But behind there is the, the whole running arc of the Scarab and all that fun stuff. Stuff. So I don't think you've been keeping up on it, though, have you, Kev? No. <laughs> like every book that I read, which is where I'm going to come into my beef on the next book with Kevin here, because I read it last night and it's Wildstorm. So let's get into Wildstorm, because I was talking to uh, Bart at the Sugarland store. Uh-huh. And I was like, have you read Wildstorm? I was there to pick up the, the issue. He's like, nah, I don't really think so because you know, I don't really know what Wildstorm is. And I'm thinking in my head like, okay, fine. You know, he knew that Wildstorm was something from the 90s and that I think his mind frame was they're just going to pick up where they left off. And, and I didn't get that from the book. But I was also very excited that Wildstorm was kind of coming back being a 90s kid. And you're a bigger fan than I was, actually. And the fact that Warren Ellis, you know, how did they get Warren Ellis to write this? But that's fine, because he got me to like Moon Knight. So talking about that, the way this book is written, it jumps all over the place. And a lot of times you have to reread areas because like, where the hell am I? What is going on? And that's a lot of people's main complaint about Doom Patrol, the new Doom Patrol. Dude, this first Wildstorm is great. I absolutely love it, but it is right on par with the style of writing that Doom Patrol's in. So I'm not sure why everyone's hating on Doom Patrol, but I hear a lot of people saying that Wildstorm's the bomb. Uh, yeah, I mean, there you go. You just explained it. Wildstorm's the bomb. Nothing oh, else to be said. Uh, just, it's one of those things, dude. Um, like you like you 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 have that in for uh, Doom Patrol. It's something you grew up with. Something you enjoyed. Uh, throughout its incarnations and stuff like that. And that's how I am kind of with the Wildstorm because, like, I was there when Image launched, you know, Wildcats and, and a bunch of the titles that eventually became the Wildstorm universe when they were picked up by DC. So just the sheer fact that this is actually coming back has my hopes up for a Wildcats reunion. And, and like, what, uh, Grifter, Z uh, Zealot, Void, uh, Jacob Marlowe, I forget what her, her name is, um, not the Engineer, um, she was a stripper in the original series. Oh, God. You're way deeper than me. Yeah, but there, there's like uh, uh, four, four, four of the six members of Wildcats have already shown up in the Wildstorm universe. And the Authority and, 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 and uh, Stormwatch and all that stuff. It's just, I'm excited for it. Okay, so understandably so. If you're a Wildstorm or if you remember Wildstorm, even remotely, like I was excited for it. And I, I, I read this stuff. I have some of the books still, but I didn't get really into it. If you're a noob, though... 
I think you could pick this book up and you wouldn't have to know what all these people are. Or, or, or do you think otherwise? Like, you know, I told Bart, I'm like, you, you need to pick the book up. You need to at least give the first book a try. You can't just be like, well, I don't know what Wildstorm is. Well, that's any book. If you pick up something that you've never read before, you're not going to know it. So, you, you know, I don't know if there's a stigma to it. What, what do you think? Can someone just pick this up and get into it? Yeah. I mean, I you're so. going you're gonna to have some questions, but that will, that's what will lead you to read some of the older stuff. Um, a lot of the characters in here, the, like the incarnations on them are like completely new. Like I have no clue what's going on uh, with uh, Angela Spica, a.k.a. the engineer, because she's never looked like that before. Right. So I'm kind of excited to see where this is going. It's like before she was like a walking computer and and, you know, alloy composite skin, et cetera, et cetera. This she's like part transformer. <laughs> Part, well, part Transformer, part Predator. Yeah. <laughs> She's got the dreads. That's what she looks like. But the the, the engineer had the dreads. So, I mean, the, oh, that's okay. kind of yeah. like the callback to it. But She looks like a Predator, dude. Full yeah. Metal Mass Predator. She does. I'm just saying. But I like it, man. I, I kind of, I, I hope that numbering that they put on the front cover, the uh, through like one through 24, I hope that means that there's right. two years of story planned out for it. Uh, we keep getting people at the store adding it. Um, so it's got to be good. It's just I don't know, man. I, I I can see where you're coming from on the on the Doom Patrol thing. Um, it's not for everybody, but also Wildstorm's not for everybody. But I just think Wildstorm's had a stronger presence than the Doom Patrol uh, throughout history and all that. So it, it's kind of drawing back some of the fans or the people that were like mildly interested in a uh, Wildstorm, Wildcats, you know, the Authority and all that, in hopes that these guys may show up at some point in this series. Not to mention you got the name Warren Ellis on it. Oh yeah. So, you know, if you've got Ellis fans, they're going to pick it up whether they give a crap about Wildstorm or not. And rightly so. The guy's a, the guy's an awesome writer. I also like the lettering, oddly enough. Like, I don't know why I really focused on that, but the artwork's really good, by the way. I thought it was going to be, at first, like, Super Jim Lee, because obviously that was his thing. Yeah. But it, it's not. It's, uh, it's a little more, I wouldn't say tame, but it's more modern. It's a very modern take on it. Because if you went, if Jim Lee did it, it would just go back to like what it was in the 90s, I think. Yeah. But then in the 90s, it was just all about, you know, getting creator owned stuff out for the fact of you being able to own it all in case it got bought into a TV show, a toy line, movie rights, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, yeah, dude, it's it's got a callback to the original stuff, but it's also something new. And, you know, now with DC establishing the uh, multiverse again, you know, this could just be one of many Wildstormers that we could we could get to see. Speaking of this, this building universe thing, what do you th- I mean, what are your thoughts on this uh, upcoming Watchmen crossover thing? Do you think they should be bringing this back or no? Yeah, I, I mean, why not? You think? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be cool. It's going to be done by it's all well, it's already done um, by Jeff Johns. We just don't know the end result of it all. Wait, so Johns wrote wrote the the big crossover thing with the button? No, with the um. There's going to be a big crossover with Watchmen. Yeah, it's like you've heard the news about this, right? At some later point, yeah, the Watchmen are supposed to show up in the DC universe, right? But is he writing that? Well, he's he's scripted it. That's been the whole point of Rebirth. Oh, 
we've even talked about this on past episodes. Like he's like, this is the beginning. You kind of do whatever you want at the end. But by this issue, start roping it back in because it all needs to culminate to this one event that's going to happen after 18 months. Okay. Uh, so this was this was blueprinted. Yes, it's been blueprinted. So, you know, there's I didn't know the end was blueprinted. I thought just the beginning was. Yeah, because uh, at the roadshow and all that stuff, they were talking about like Jeff Johns taking over a whiteboard and all that stuff and, and lining everything up. And. Um, the more I kind of read into the other DC stuff, I'm starting to pick up things from other books that have no connection right now, except for minor details. And um, I think the 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 first push forward to this Watchmen uh, crossover event is going to be the Batman Flash crossover, the button where they're going to investigate the button that they found in the Rebirth special, which is the comedian's button, you know. Which is actually really exciting. That that got me intrigued. So, and from what I've heard. Uh, Again, Batman, I haven't really been reading. I've, I've heard that Tom King's actually starting to get some traction with readers. Yeah, yeah. That that first Batman story, the I Am, I Am Gotham, that was just like extremely taxing. And yeah. the fact that like what they, they go into the I Am Suicide, which kind of leads into the Justice League Suicide Squad crossover, another well-scripted crossover because you didn't have to read a million things except for the two books to get the whole right. story. Three books because... You know, they had some really good crossover or supplemental material that looked into the past, like Maxwell Lord and all that and how he fits into the rebirth. But, um, yeah, the, the current stories, like the last three stories have really just been one story with just different story arcs in it. Because right now the I Am Bane story is fantastic. The one that came out this week, uh, Batman 18, they do a really good progressive story through it, but with a side by side analysis of Bruce Wayne's upbringing to becoming the Batman as well as Bane's upbringing to becoming Bane. Nice. And it was just cool because it's literally right next to each other, and they kind of have similarities to growing up, except, you know, at some point the paths divulged and they went in different directions. One became a villain, one became a crime fighter. See, okay, first off, that's awesome. Uh, of course, I'm going to trade weight it, but still, if anyone is still reading loose books, this is, is this the beginning of the story arc? No, that was uh, okay. two weeks ago. So you're not two far behind, okay. 17, 17 or 16. Right. So you should be able to find the back issue of that if if you folks, you know, want to pick up at the beginning or, you know, get the digital copy if you can't find it and then pick up the physical that you can find. I like that. But Tom King, that's another thing, actually, I was talking with uh, uh, Bart about when I stopped by the shop. Uh, Tom King wrote Omega Men. Everyone gave me crap about Omega Men. It's dumb. It's stupid. And now what is it? It's like one of the biggest cult favorites of readers now because now that the whole thing is compiled into one book it reads really well and i've been saying this stuff's good from you know the beginning i started reading it before i even moved down here and i i think i'm gonna have a challenge on that kev i, I think you and i should reread it and we should talk about it because i think you're gonna like it uh, i don't know man <laughs> you, you, you tried a bunch of times to get me to read it and it's got kyle rayner in it um it, and it's just I figured at least Kyle Rayner would get you into reading it. Dude, a lot of people now that the series has ended are are saying like, man, that that was a really, really good story. Yeah, I I mean we <laughs> I get silence from Kevin. We could try, man. But I'm not uh Oh, we'll read Daredevil first. God. I guess. I guess You're the worst. You're the worst. Well, anyway, at least Tom King's doing something you like. Yeah. And it's the Bane story. So there you go. And and I will fully admit, man, I was not impressed with, with that first arc. 
No. That was that was a snoozer right there. But you, you know, it leads into the uh, the I am suicide story, which was really really good, and all that stuff with Psycho Pirate and all that. And it's just one of those uh, Psycho Pirate was in there. Yeah. No way. Yeah. And they're still fighting over them. And like the latest issue, uh, Bane has uh, a, a small group of people captured, and uh, he he gives Batman the ultimatum of. You give me the pirate, I'll give you what is it? The cop, the girl, the cat, and the bird. Right. And it's just so, like, <laughs> okay, hold on a second though. Uh, is this like a nod to Psycho Pirate because he was he was pretty integral into uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths? You never read that story, did you? Yeah, I've tried to. <laughs> That's another one. All right, folks. Man, we're at a crossroads here. But he was he was in that story. Uh, he was a pretty integral part of Crisis on Infinite Earth. Yes, he, so he was, and and Infinite Crisis too. So uh, oh, well, there you maybe go. Maybe it'll lead, maybe he'll be the uh, the catalyst that leads us into this Watchmen event, which would actually be kind of cool. And he's the lamest character ever. Did you read J- JLA Justice League of America with Lobo and and Killer Frost and all that stuff? No, because I'm not a Lobo fan, dude. Uh, okay, it d- doesn't matter. Just just go when you go back to the shop. Ask Bart. Ask James. Or if James, you're listening, put a copy of the Rebirth special. In Joe's box, because in the Rebirth special, when uh, Batman is showing Killer Frost their new uh, base of operations, which is Mount Justice, you watched you watch Young Justice, right? Oh yeah, it's it's that base. It's Young Justice in a Happy Harbor, I think. And um, he's got something in there that looks like that that pillar or pylon that they use in Infinite Crisis and Crisis and Crisis and Infinite Earths. And she asks what it is, and he's like, "It's a relic from another time." Really? Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, throw it in my box. I mean, if it, you know, we know Bart's not listening, but, but I think James will be listening. So do it. Yeah. So that's this is all intriguing now. So there was a, a little moment of time that like, you know, things got busy at work and all that fun stuff. So I, I, I just didn't feel like reading when I got home, but I'm, I'm back in the swing of things. So hopefully I can catch up with all this stuff, get on par with Kev again. But uh yeah, so that's the book section that we're talking about. But I wanted to bring something up movie-wise. And, dude, uh, how excited are you about Kong? Uh, extremely excited, dude. I'm, I'm a sucker. I mean, we have that whole episode dedicated to just the giant monster Kaiju, movies. Man. And if this is, you know, every movie now seems to go to the world building, universe building kind of aspect yeah. from it. But this is one, you know, I'm extremely excited for. Uh, rumor has it that the uh, Monarch program, is a part of this, which uh, they are a group of, of of scientists and military people that were in the Godzilla movie from 2014. So that seems like it's tying together. But word has it that the after credit scene from King Kong has a uh, King of Monsters cameo. Yes. So we might see some Godzilla. Um, I think we're going to get a few surprises in that movie. They showed a lot of monster footage in this latest trailer, which got me super excited. And uh, Kong looks fantastic. And it doesn't look like it's going to be a very slow-paced movie. So that's a plus. And obviously, they're on Monster Island. And yeah, it's Monster Island, right? Uh, Skull Island? Skull Island. Jeez, God. Monster Island was Godzilla, right? Yeah. All right. So nonetheless, it's monsters fighting monsters, which is what we love. And, you know, if... Common Rider and Ultraman all of a sudden showed up, we would just die right there in the theater. But, you know, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. So 
I think we're going to see, like you said, the Monarch Project, but I think we're going to see something more. I think we're going to see another monster, maybe Mothra or, or someone, Ghidorah, something that's going to get us even more excited. So let's hope that happens. And uh, Kong is like, what? Well, he's got to match up with Godzilla. And the, they're saying that the, the 2015 Godzilla was the biggest Godzilla on record, correct? Uh, well, at the t- uh, sh- you well now it's it's masked by Shin Godzilla because that thing was even bigger. Yeah, Shin Godzilla was awesome, and I like that movie. So if anyone has hasn't seen Shin Godzilla, you probably should. Dude, that that was insane, and we need to do that again. That's what we should do for uh Kong. Is all get together <laughs> again and go see Kong the Nerd Herd. Yeah, yeah. Let's get us together and, and and no, it was really fun going to see monster movies and what it was like five of us and then like this old guy. And maybe a couple other people were in the theater to watch Shin Godzilla. But it was a fun time, man. So that's actually part of the fun of monster movies to me is I always used to watch them with friends and stuff. So it's it's nostalgic for me, you know, hanging out with you youngins. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we need we needed someone to buy his beer. Right. <laughs> they just saw me hanging outside of the theater. I bought him cigarettes and booze. That's That's how I get in. But uh, no, I, the other one I want to talk about is Alien Covenant. Did you watch the latest trailer? Yeah, when James put it up last night, um, that one didn't play, but obviously it's easy to find it on the internet. Right. And uh, yeah, I went and watched it. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Alien stuff. I yeah. wish I was a, a bigger fan of it to collect the the toys, but it's just one of those things where I, I just I don't want to, you know, go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, and it's a huge one, dude. Like... I, I don't even know that much about the toys. Uh, is it NECA that does that stuff? Yep, NECA has the license to them. Okay, so NECA has the license. I've seen some of the toys. They've been making those toys for centuries. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, there's so many toys out, and they've released so many. So, yeah, I love the movies, getting into the, and I don't even care for the comics, man. That's I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just a movie guy for that kind of stuff. Predator too. So and uh, I'm actually excited for that movie to come out too. But uh, you know, no footage on that yet. Yeah, not yet. So that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about. So you know, we 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 got some toys, we got some movies, we got some comics, and uh, just kind of a uh, breaking back into everything because it's been a while. We uh, we got to shake some dust off. But, uh, you know, I, I think we're going to do a, a different format, which is probably monthly because both of us are very busy and uh, I still like doing this. Uh, hopefully Kevin's OK with it and uh, want to keep getting content out there and, and talking to the Boom Boom community because uh, I kind of missed it. I missed you guys. <laughs> so anyway, on behalf of myself and Kevin, that's me, Kevin, <laughs> good old Kevin, we're going to wish you a good night. And uh, again, if you want to follow us, uh, you can always go to Facebook forward slash CBBB show. Uh, Gmail is a CBBB show at gmail.com. And uh, I don't really do the Twitter thing anymore. So you can go to the Twitter handle, which is at CBBB show. But uh, there's not going to be anything there. So we're going to stick with Facebook and uh, the Gmail if you have any questions and stuff like that. So. You will hear from us again next month. We'll have more topics. If there's anything you guys want to hear about, please let us know in the comments or or email us. So we will talk to you guys later. Comic book boom, boom.